This is The Shift Podcast. The Shift Daily Podcast with health journalist Danae Mercer. She joins us from Dubai on The Shift. She talks about tricks that go into social media photography. This is what she exposes online. She explains why she exposes those tricks and why she's unafraid to show her true self online. It's good for everybody to see, and it's a conversation here on the podcast that you're going to want to hear. Are you okay with asking for a steak while on bail? What about attaching a stolen playground slide to your bunk bed? We also asked Shift Heads, what you're proud of? One year since the pandemic has begun, it has been the fastest moving Groundhog Day of a decade of a year that we've ever experienced. Plus, in case you missed it and more, the Shift Daily Podcast. Uh, we are reaching out through the power of technology uh, halfway around the world. So this is a, this is our furthest reach, I think. But we do Tokyo regularly. Dubai could be new for us. I want to welcome to the shift, Danae Mercer. Hey, Danae. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on on short notice and, and being here with us live on the shift. Uh, I'll give a little backstory of how I was introduced to Danae. A couple of friends of mine, Dr. Jody Carrington, and, and a couple of others follow Danae on Instagram and on Twitter. And you know how people, they, they like things, they share things. Well, that's how I was introduced to you, Danae, and your um, stand, I guess. So we haven't had a chance to sort of pre-roll this, which is really kind of exciting to me because I get to hear from you, uh, you know, just off the cuff here, your stand that you take for women and the Internet and revealing what goes on behind the photos authentically is kind of where you stand. So can you help us understand what, what you're up to? Yeah, sure. So I, I'm a professional health journalist. That's my background. And I, on my social media, I talk a lot about kind of the posing, the angles, the lighting, the technology, the, all the sort of tricks that go into photography, especially with what we see on social media. And then I also talk about mental health, eating disorders, things that women navigate as we get older. So all that stuff. So one of the things that you have here, which I think is very well phrased, is the not a before, not an after pick. It's uh, it's a picture side by side. And we see this uh, quite often with the sales pitches for the, the fitness funnels that they have there. You know, here's me before I started the, you know, the super hot body workout. And here's me 90 days later, before and after photos. You post photos that one could perceive to be before and after photos just by body positioning, light angles, all that stuff. So it's not a before and after. They're, are they literally taken one right after another? Uh, yeah, exactly that. I mean, the way, okay, so I just tweeted one like a, an hour ago and it was me in shorts and in one picture it's me just standing normally and that in theory could be my before and then literally 10 seconds later I've got my bum popped back I'm squeezing my core I'm arching and I'm posing in such a way that my body looks drastically different but mm -hmm. people don't realize this this happens all the time with you mentioned these kind of fitness funnels this happens and then it's not even just the brands take these fake photos. They, they steal photos too. Like my, my, those kind of pictures, they're stolen all the time. They just keep really? being stolen by different brands who use them as before and afters. No <laughs> it's way. Horrifying. Yeah, it's that really frustrating. Horrifying. 
So when we go back in time today a little bit, there was a big push a few years ago for magazines, right? Some of the magazines got caught with Photoshopping. There was this whole anti-Photoshop. We're going to post pictures of natural photos that might be colorized and adjusted for color or whatever to make the lighting look nice, but we're not going to edit the photos. So that was a a progress, I think, in the self-confidence of um, women in particular, but both women and men in their bodies now we have the internet and we don't even need to photoshop anymore you just hit the button that changes the filter gives you abs so we're going i see way backwards in time here where do you see it that's a great question i think yes i i think the movement we saw maybe five ten years ago in magazines was really beautiful and empowering but i do i agree with you like we now have technology that with exactly like you said, with a click of a button, you can add abs, you can shrink your legs, you can do it in stills, or you can do it in video. So you are moving your body and your waist is smaller, your legs are longer. Or you've got things like TikTok, where once you set certain filter functions, including shrinking your nose, brightening your teeth, making your eyes bigger, making your jaw smaller, those are there automatically. So you don't, you don't even need to click the button. You just open the app, you film, and that is the new you, and it is the default. So I would say we, I would almost say it's not even going back in time. We are pushing into a new space where technology is, is changing how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive each other in a way that we've never really had before. It's just not, you can't trust that anything's real that you see anymore, hey? Yeah, that is, that's very true. And I think that is a a big, I guess, focus of my message. It's, it's just education. It's be really cautious, like, whether it's people editing themselves online, or I, you know, I mentioned the brand stealing my images, I had one on Trustpilot. And they had taken my an image of me just sitting differently. And in one, you, you don't see my cellulite. In the other, you see my cellulite, which I definitely have. And it was on Trustpilot. And it said, you know, this product removed, this, this cream removed my cellulite. Oh, and no. I'm like, well, no, no, it didn't. I'm, that's me. And I'm just sitting differently. So it's all about education, like just being really, really careful with what you see. Now, you also have a tweet. It looks like it's from about a week ago, uh, editing bodies in videos from an app. And so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping here to sort of expose for anybody who looks at these images and, and gets hard on their themselves about it. I mean, I do. But I, I go online and I look at fitness videos and I'm like, oh, God, I feel so tubby these days, right? And, you know, and I do, but I, I'm, I'm making it worse by checking out these things. But this, this app in particular that you showcased here, literally, like you just said, adjusts your nose, your thighs, your whatever, but it does it in videos. So it's processing the video to make you look different. Uh, yeah. And this kind of technology has been around for a while now. It's just people don't, I think now we expect images to be photoshopped, especially when it comes to influencers. But when we watch videos, we still think, okay, that's, that's the real deal. Like that must be them. But the thing is, that isn't the real deal. And this kind of technology, it's first, it's so easy to use like that to create that video. It literally just took like a, a click here, a push there. And there you go. My body's different. But also it's going to become more common, like hands down in the same way that we have seen Facetune and Photoshop pop up everywhere. Like this kind of technology is just going to become more common. So it's so important to be aware. 
I find it interesting. I, I, there's one thing I really want to acknowledge about what you're up to. Uh, for me, it's a study of language. I mean, being a radio guy, that shouldn't surprise anybody. But, you know, the fundamental place that I always try to stand with our, our audience is, is a place of love, right? So for me, that's been a journey of self-worth and, and uh, digging into who I am and what I bring to the table every day. It takes a long time, and I hope that everyone can get on some sort of journey of ex- uh, sort of exploring themselves like that. Acknowledging you here in this is that you've taken that and you've exposed it everywhere. Now, Please don't get me wrong when I say this. Uh, I do truly mean it as a compliment. I mean, you're a beautiful woman. You've got, you could, you could post every picture that you ever wanted to online with these fancy poses and never expose cellulite. Nobody would ever know. You could live that life and nobody would ever know. So it does ask the question to me, what inspired you? What place in your life did you get to in your heart or uh, authenticity, self-worth, wherever it lands for you, where you said, you know what? I'm willing to show my my true self here in a public forum because that's where I stand. Yeah, that that's a really beautifully put question. So thank you. I don't think I've ever been asked a question so nicely. So very appreciated. Um, I think. I mean, my my background is I've gone through my own eating disorder, and that happened when I was 19 after my mom died. And you know, since then, it's it's kind of been trying to find a place where I've I felt comfortable in my skin and comfortable in my body. And since I was 13, I've had cellulite on my hips and on my thighs and on my bum. And I've felt such a shame around those parts of my body, such a shame. And the thing is, is even when I changed my body, because I, I, I got very ill for a while, even when I did that, the shame didn't disappear. It was still there. So I realized I had to work on you know my head, my heart, what was going on inside of me. And in April 2019, I had reached a point where I, before that, I was doing a lot of like traditional kind of fitspo posing and the traditional social media stuff. And I was feeling really disconnected. It didn't feel like me. It wasn't who I really was. I was hiding, hiding myself. And I, I felt like I was hiding myself. And I just reached a point where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this. Like, I, I need to do this. I want to do this. And like, maybe there's someone else out there that this might make feel better. Maybe it'll make me feel better. So I did my first post, uh, my first kind of self-love post in April, 2019. And it, it honestly, it's, it's been a game changer for me personally, because yeah. as a woman, we're, we're told our whole lives that these things we worry about, whether it's underarm hair or, I don't know, freezing our eggs or having cellulite, that we're the only ones dealing with these things and that we're wrong and we need to fix it. And to be able to, to realize that we're not alone is the most beautiful and empowering thing. And, and that goes for me too. Um, what was your mom's name? Oh, wow. <laughs> Linda. 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 Well, I'd like to, if she's yeah. uh, inspiration in this, I would love to be able to refer to her by name. Um, thank you for sharing that, uh, incredible story. I, there is a place where I was, where I was walking once, um, I was going through some hard days and, um, and I was walking and I, I was vocalizing to myself. I mean, there you go. Radio guy again, I'm <laughs> talking to myself. Um, and, uh, and I realized how can I be the only one that seems to go through this? How can I be the only one that seems to have heartbreak? I have no luck. I can't seem to put it together. I couldn't seem to put the career together. I couldn't seem to put the shows together. I'm also a business owner. I couldn't put the businesses together. What's going on? And I'm vocalizing. And then I said, like, how can I be the only one? 
And then I stopped, literally stopped walking in that moment. And I said, what if I'm not the only one? What if I'm actually not the only one? And then that occurred to me when I, I, you look at things differently. If you look at that, that place of pain and you say, what if I'm not the only one? And you look around the room or you look around the neighborhood and you go, look at all these people. Okay, so instead of thinking that I'm alone here, what if I'm not the only one and I just don't know it yet? Um, that's an incredible moment change in perspective. What have you found since for yourself now that you've been able to, you know, post authentically about all of these things and, and become a, a sort of, I would say, just a leader, not only for women, but I think for men, because men consume these images. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm over here nodding, as you were saying, how powerful it can be to realize that you're not the only one. I think with so much that we deal with, whether it is, like you're saying, heartbreak or struggle or, gosh, failure, like I fail all the time. And there's something in the way our society is, and it says we need to hide that. And for, for disordered eating, for body image, for eating disorders, hiding it really escalates things. Like that is where things go bad because there's a lot of shame and it becomes isolating. And so you turn to coping mechanisms and it gets really dangerous. So I think there's such strength in, in talking about these things, even if it's scary, but in just saying like, hey, I'm feeling this. Are you feeling this too? And that, I, I would say that's what, what I have found. That's why, I mean, I guess that's why the, the community exists today is, is because there's so many women and girls, moms, and yes, even, even I have dads, I have fathers, I have men, boyfriends who have, have dealt with these things but have felt almost like they were the only ones dealing with it. And so for them, as it is for me, like the moment you have someone say, hey, I'm struggling with that too. You're like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not alone. I'm not broken. I'm not some freak hiding in the corner. I'm just human and dealing with like a very human experience. So it's, it's, it's just, it's the best thing. Like I would say it's probably changed my life and, and made me braver than I naturally am. So it's, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I, I've always described it as dropping a backpack. It's like you carry this burden backpack filled with rocks in these on these topics. I think that we carry a whole bunch of these little backpacks, but it's we we carry these heavy backpacks with us. Uh, do you feel light? Do you feel free now that you've dropped the backpack? <laughs> I would say the the backpack's probably always there, but with things like my eating my eating disorder, there was a time in my life where I didn't even dare breathe a word of it because I was so ashamed and I was convinced that if I told people that they would treat me differently, that they would not want to be associated with me, that they would, that I would be kicked out of the group, you know? And so you hide it and you, like you're saying, you, you carry that backpack, but it almost becomes heavier because you are, it's just there. It's just there with you all the time. So by talking about things like some of the mental health struggles I've gone to or gone through or the body image struggles, I would say I definitely have either dropped or lightened the load. I think for, for me, for, for a lot of women, the body image side of stuff, it's always there, but it's, it's kind of revisiting those conversations and going back to those safe space. And it, again, it always kind of takes that stuff back out of the backpack. Perspective is amazing. It's powerful. At Danae Mercer, D-A-N-A-E, 
Mercer uh, on all the socials if you want to check it out. Now, you've got some um, other pieces here. You've got some podcast stuff. You've got uh, your free journals that are there. What can we invite people to learn more about what you're up to if this conversation uh, lands with them? If they look in the mirror and when they see their body, they see it uh, one way and they're, they're looking to, 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 to love their body differently. Sure. Well, I, I have Instagram. I guess that's kind of the, the landing page. But then we have a, a safe, moderated Facebook group of over 26,000 women now. And that's just Talking Out Loud on Facebook. And my podcast, which is the same name, Talking Out Loud, it usually involves experts, professionals, therapists, psychologists, talking through body image relationships and different struggles that we have to navigate. It's wonderful. Will you come back on the uh, on the shift with us? I mean, the time zones work really, really well with you being on the other side of the planet, um, considering <laughs> yeah. that we're a nighttime show here in Canada. Um, I would like to invite you back because I think that we can we can we can really shed an awful lot of light on what people go through. I invite everybody to to do that, and I I myself I'm at a place here where I am you know not really comfortable with my fitness level, and I've had to I've had to do that. There's a big difference that I teach inside my language teaching that I I uh, create the distinction between I am fat and I have fat mm-hmm. and the freedom that comes when we are not we are we are that's it we are I am and the ability to look at it we can also look at eyeballs right like I have eyeballs I am not eyeballs so <laughs> when we look at fat from the same way that also means we can also just choose uh, do we like our bodies right now? Do we want to change our bodies? And that's where we find power. So I would love to continue this conversation with you, Danae, if uh, you'll come back and, and join us again. I'd be absolutely honored. Wonderful. Danae Mercer, thank you so much. It's great to chat with you. Well, thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure. This is the Shift Podcast. All righty. I don't know if uh, Matt got the moon dial towed yesterday, so I don't even know if I should ask. Yeah, it's still uh still in Parking the fees. Uh, in the depot. Yeah, the the depot, <laughs> the, the despot, yeah. The the repo depot. Yeah. Um okay, so uh wow, this this whole show has uh I'll get a little behind the behind the curtain of what's uh, what we do here on the show. We kind of have a plan when we start and sometimes technology Right. I mean, all kinds of things happen. And that's sort of what happened to us today. I'm thoroughly enjoying everybody's text messages. Thank you. 877-399-9898. Calls are also welcome, too, uh, as we get ourselves into Are You Okay? I think, Maddie, we got to start this one without the... I'm going to call an audible. Let's just start Are You Okay? today completely out of context and sort of drop this... This wonderful piece of audio in your lap. What are you eating? I call this Turf and Turf. It's a 16-ounce T-bone and a 24-ounce porterhouse. Also, whiskey and a cigar. I'm going to consume all of this at the same time because I am a free American. The cigar's inside, sir. Fine. Ron Swanson. He is all that is man. The the myth, the legend. What does Ron Swanson (laughs) have to do with Are You Okay, Shane? I don't know. Are you okay? Are you okay with steak? 
Uh, yes, I'm definitely okay with steak anytime. Steak sandwich, uh, steak just as it is with the potatoes. Yeah, love it. Yeah, steak is is just an amazing meal. You can learn to make it yourself, or you can treat yourself to an amazing restaurant and have a meal that you will think about for weeks or months. And as Ron Swanson says in an episode of Parks and Recreation, after he gets his favorite steak, bits of steak are trapped in his mustache and fall into his mouth over the course of a week. And that's the kind of meal I want to have. So, yeah, I'm okay with steak. I think there are places in this country where we often take for granted the beautiful gifts we've been given. For example, if you're living in eastern Ontario... Maple syrup, kind of thinking, it's accessible, always. You know what I mean? If you live on the West Coast, salmon, you know? If you live in the East Coast, I don't think that you take lobster for granted, for example. But when, you know, the accessibility to the lobster, it's like, hey, want to have lobster this weekend? Not everyone can do that. In Alberta, what we have here, and we are so incredibly lucky, is the AAA Alberta beef. It is a beautiful most wonderful, uh, you know, just flavor in your mouth. In Niagara, you've got grapes and fruit. Interior BC, you've got cherries and peaches. Like the wine, we got wine here, we got wine there, we got salmon there. Like this is beautiful. We take it for granted. Steak is beautiful. If ever there was a reason to travel around this country to just go for the food, do that. Georgia attorney William McCall Calhoun is regretting his actions after taking part in the Capitol riots, but he is also hungry. The judge ultimately okayed Calhoun's bail request, but not before the defendant made a remark that very well could have tanked his second bid for pretrial release. Quotes. I know my friends are probably going to want to take me out tonight to buy me a steak and a glass of wine, he said. Well, luckily for him, the court was largely receptive and accommodating. Calhoun was granted bail with relatively lax conditions. That request transformed into a proposal that Calhoun steer clear of all social media, that he even refrain from reading the news. That was his request in court. He thought his friends were going to go buy a mistake. I'm assuming, Ryan, that you read that the same way I do, that his friends were going to celebrate everything to do with his... Uh, yeah. Him getting out, him getting out and, and surviving the riot and going to get a 16-ounce porterhouse, you know? Hmm. America. America. Well, steaks are way better in Canada. Just throwing Ooh, that out those there. Those are fighting words. I mean, I agree I with you, so. but those are fighting words. Think, no, I don't think they're I know people that will that, uh... die on that hill. Really? What, that American steak is better? Oh yeah, yeah. I've met I've met a couple of people from uh, Texas, specifically Texas, where they fight about the beef quality. But here's the thing I've noticed is that there are definitely restaurants in the states that will cook the beef better, but the beef is better in Canada. You know what I mean? Like the ingredient is better, but it might be cooked better in the states. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think it does, but I, I accept your point. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this they, is what I've learned. I think they cook it with pineapple. That's uh, that's what makes the difference. Sweet, <laughs> wonderful pineapple. Have I introduced you to my friend? 
He's uh, just just for you listeners at oh, home. He's, he's literally holding a giant pineapple up on the Zoom call right now. Oh, he's holding it to your face. Doesn't that hurt? No. Why would it hurt? It's prickly. I will say, even though I'm anti-pineapple, I guess is the term we will use here. I've always loved the aesthetic look of the pineapple. Oh, me too. Like it, it's very regal. It looks like a very fun time. It's a good time. It's very regal. It's like uh, it's like the party in the front, business in the front, party in the back. It's it's very regal, but it's like the fun regal, right? It's the fun oh. regal party. Yeah, it's not stuffy. It's not you know too full of itself. It's it's there just to have fun and celebrate itself the whole way through. That I appreciate about the pineapple, except for the taste. Mm. Derek says in Texas you can get a 92 ounce steak and if you eat it all in one sitting it's free. Game on. Didn't John Candy do that in the Great Outdoors? Uh, my son tried to do that. We went to a restaurant and they have a 40 some odd ounce burger and if you eat it all it's free. Like it's massive. It's like 3 pounds or something. How do you do? Um, well, he didn't we didn't actually do it cuz he had to be on the ice again later in the day for hockey. But on a day when he doesn't have to skate for 2 or 3 days, Oh. I think he's going to take a run at it. Uh, if anybody can do it, like a 16-year-old, six-foot-five growing boy, yeah, if that he, could be the one. If he had that in his tummy and got like shoulder, like checked against the uh, oh man, against the ice there, oof, <sighs> bad scene. Yeah, it'd be some unfortunate water there. Are you okay? Are you okay with bikes? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a two wheeled depending on what kind of bike you're talking about, but you know generally two wheeled transport gets you around mm -hmm. minimal fuel. You have to like really physically work at getting to where you're going, but mm -hmm. I think the more you do it, the better it gets. Also, if you're living in a big city, get a lock that won't get cut through. Because my first day living in Vancouver, I got my bike stolen. Oh yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> That is advice I mean, yeah, from experience, my friends. It is very useful advice, too. I agree. Bikes are sweet. Uh, I did a lot of biking in the summer, and I hadn't done that in a long time. It was great. Although, I'm going to sound like such a millennial here. I love e-scooters, man. It was so much fun. Oh, they're fun. So, if somebody said, which one would you rather buy right now, I'd get the scooter. Nice. I have had a lot of fun on the scooters. I can acknowledge they're fun. Um, that's for sure. And the good news is, I don't know about your cities, but at least in my city in Calgary, the reality is is that the bicycle paths get cleared before the sidewalks or the streets. There was a fantastic photo of somebody uh, in a wheelchair trying to get pushed down a snowy sidewalk while a perfectly clear bike lane was already swept and the roads were not. But hey, politics. A Nova Scotia man bought a bicycle to get healthier, but the store refused pickup because of his weight. The owner of a Halifax bike shop says he can't morally allow someone to ride a bicycle from his store knowing that they weigh over the design limits because of safety concerns. Hmm. Here's more from Global's Alexa McLean. Sebastian Barsetti says he spent months saving for a new bicycle as part of his journey towards better health. I wanted to get out and just enjoy it and lose weight mostly. He decided to purchase a giant model bike online, and when it was ready for pickup at the Halifax location, he received a notification. But before he went in, he called and asked questions about adjustments he may have to make. So I told him my weight, my height, and uh, 
shortly after, uh, they told me they wouldn't sell it to me because of my weight. Because I was a little over the max weight. I'm an honest guy and I cannot live with hurting someone. Barry Meisner owns the Halifax store. He says safety was his main concern when he told Barsetti he couldn't pick up the bike because the model he purchased online has a maximum weight limit of 300 pounds. Meisner says anything more than that could result in the bike breaking. And I have seen people that have been involved in accidents like this and it's brain trauma or death. I wasn't even intending on using it until I was under. Also, like, I wonder, would they, like, would they wait everybody going in the store? Two very good perspectives there, isn't there? Uh, that's a quandary. How do you decide that one? The, uh, the, um, the reality is, is that, um, okay, you don't want the bike to break. Fair com, uh, com- uh, fair comment. Then he says, do you weigh everyone who comes in the store? Here's the thing though. The piece uh, of information missing from, from all of that is how much over the weight. I don't think that was included in the storyline and we don't have that information. So. More to come on that. Man, I wouldn't want anyone to get hurt either. But at the same time, if a brother's, you know, going out to, going out to do it, why wouldn't you just say, look, man, this isn't the bike for you? Not yet. You're going to need another bike first. Call it like it is. I think you get more. Do you get more by being straight up for somebody? That to me sounds like a, uh, you've got broccoli in your teeth conversation, you know? Like you, you just you'd be straight up and say, "Look, man, this bike is rated for 250 pounds, and you're 150 pounds over that, brother. You're going to need a different bike right now." I think that's what you have to do. I, I you know, it sounds like the the yeah, brother's just... looking to you know changes his his physical uh, experience anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, he says, you know, I'll, you know, I was just going to buy it, hold on to it until I, you know, the lose the weight. But like, I can also see why the store is concerned, like from a liability thing, you know, they're probably wanting to, if, if that bike broke and this guy was injured, they could, you know, be held responsible for not taking those precautions. So I understand why they took it, but on face value, it is a pretty ridiculous headline. Man tries to buy bicycle to lose weight, can't get the bike because he that sucks and i feel bad for this guy because he's stuck in that situation because he's probably feeling like okay what do i do now well i mean hopefully it's motivation for him to find what he needs to do to get on the bike i think he did get a refund thankfully um but it's an interesting conundrum right because it there's not really like a clear moral winner here right like both are kind of like i see and and, and both from both well intended and although the headline does say buys a bike to lose weight but then he says well i wasn't going to ride it yet so there is a little bit of a breakdown there curious to see where it goes all righty 877-399-9898 thank you very much for your contributions here on the text message in are you okay as we broadcast from underneath one <laughs> Let me describe Ryan's picture for you, since he described my pineapple. Mm-hmm. Ryan has a loft-style bed, which means that he has a small room in his apartment, small apartment, and so that means his desk is under his bed. His bed is very close to the ceiling. In fact, uh, he's got some new scarring from the popcorn stipple on his forehead from when he sits up too quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he basically lives in a bunk bed and does the show underneath his bunk bed. You think it's weird for you to hear that? Try working with the guy and seeing uh, his bed every day. So, hey, you've got it good on the radio. So, are you okay with bunk beds? 
<laughs> well, let's I ha- like mine. Yeah, let's ask Ryan here. <laughs> I like it. It's I, I would prefer a normal bed. I will make that clear. But for this space, for what this has given me, it's it's great. And the acoustics when you're doing radio and underneath when the mattress is above you absorbing sound it's good for my roommate good for the neighbors upstairs so it's pretty useful all right all right so washington police have arrested a slippery suspect who allegedly stole playground equipment from a city park in december after a detective stumbled upon a gigantic slide attached to a bunk bed in his mobile home (laughs) oh of course it was the 400 pound uh playground slide had been modified and hooked up to the top tier of a bunk bed inside a child's bedroom inside a mobile home. Pasco police said in a Facebook post, Detective Julie Lee was searching the home for stolen catalytic converters, which is a big trend right now, stealing catalytic converters off vehicles because the the material's in them. When she discovered an ill-gotten equipment uh, of the slide, she immediately suspected it was a slide that had been reported stolen last December. Dustin Allen Bushnell, 30, was arrested for possession of stolen slides. Police said uh, the charge relates to the slide that has already gone missing. Oopsie. Turns out a similar theft happened last year in Burnaby. Well, an expensive slide stolen from a Burnaby playground has been found in someone's backyard. Take a look. The slide was stolen from Suncrest Elementary School back in September. It turned out to be an expensive theft with the slide valued around $5,000. Unfortunately, it is damaged and will not be reinstalled. Burnaby RCMP says the investigation is ongoing, but so far, no charges have been laid. <sighs> wow, I didn't know. Uh- that's crazy. I want to slide in my room now. <laughs> that yeah. would be so much fun to just like every the ladder sucks. That's the worst part of the whole thing. So getting on a slide to get down in the morning, especially because I don't feel like climbing. You know, you're all groggy and just like comfortably slide down with your blanket still on and yeah. wrap yourself like a burrito and go down. That sounds great. So okay. I get it. But okay. Yeah. Um. Well, there's a text message here that says. Um, Oh, Ryan! Do you have room for an electric scooter under your bunkie? <laughs> oh, definitely not. I definitely not. I have no idea where I would put the scooter. This place is tiny, but I'll figure it out. I can hang it. I get creative with the space. Don't steal playground equipment. It can be a slippery slope. Thank you, Trucker Dan. Love it. <laughs> and then there is this last one that comes in from Mark. Of course, it says bunk beds are okay for toddlers and inmates and Ryan's studio. It's the shift podcast. It's a year later. What's something you're proud of a year later, a year after COVID. What's something that has happened that you're proud of something that you've accomplished through this, something that you've overcome through this. What does that bring up for you? I'm curious. Hmm. So send it in. In the meantime, we're going to talk about this story. Oh, one year later, the COVID-19 pandemic was declared. Private Minister Justin Trudeau marked March 11th, 2021 as National Day of Observance in honor of the lives lost for COVID-19. Mike Armstrong looks back at the hardships Canadians have faced uh, and the cautious optimism for the future. Would you prefer it in your left arm or your right arm? This is a point in the pandemic where we desperately want to look forward with every needle that light at the end of the tunnel gets a little brighter it's still hard to tell how far it is but it feels like we can at least see it 
Well, there is also an importance on this day, the anniversary of it all starting, to looking back, to remember a year where our country was put on hold and when we needed it most, we couldn't hold the people we loved. It is in many ways a year lost with so many lives lost. From the beginning, there was an unfairness to it. COVID-19 didn't just steal people. It took them from families and friends so often alone, no one to hold their hands. There were goodbyes through masks and windows or over phones. It just isn't supposed to be like that. And then for the people left behind, that time of darkness when we mourn and most of us need people, suddenly we were limiting numbers at funerals. It was another injustice. Now there were others, sacrifices and shutdowns, no work for some, harder work than ever for others. In so many hospitals across Canada, we think things were tough. They were even worse than we know. There were some moments for pride, soldiers stepping in, doing more than we'd expect, things we never thought we'd have to ask. Well, the Maritimes, the Atlantic bubble handled this crisis better than any place on the continent. There was even some pride in the rest of the country about that and admittedly some envy. But on this one year anniversary of when it really started, the grind continues. This isn't normal, it's also not forever. Those needles will bring back so many things we've missed. Some of them big, like holidays celebrated the way they're supposed to be celebrated, maybe even by Canada Day. And things as simple and as small as hugs. It still seems unthinkable but we lost hugging grandparents. Well, that too will be back. Mike Armstrong, Global News. 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages. What are you um what are you proud of a year later? It's uh, it's quite remarkable when you think of it. I think that one of the things that I've gone through a year later is I've really cleaned up. I've really started to clean up my space. In general, and I don't mean like super minimalist, getting rid of stuff, but I think it's just momentum. I've taken momentum. I've put it into my life. I've pushed it forward in regards to getting rid of a few things, getting rid of things that I just don't need. I have boxes in my basement, man, that I have not opened in three years, four years, five years. I haven't needed it. Someone else could be using it. And one of the, I think one of the coolest things that I'm proud of is that... um that uh, I've given a lot of it away too, which is probably something I would not necessarily have done before. I would have, you know, waited to have a garage sale and, and saved it all for that and try to make a couple of bucks or whatever. And, or, you know, taken it and dropped it off at a donation bin. But at the same time, now it's basically, you know, I've got that. Let me help you. I just give it to somebody. And I think that's pretty great. It's great for me anyway. So what have you done? I went on a diet and have lost 100 pounds. Hey, Henry. Well done. Let's go to Yvonne in London. Hello, Yvonne. You've been working on your bod too, hey? Yeah. Um, I didn't lose 100 pounds, but I lost 50. Well, let's keep in mind that some of us, uh, where we start and where we finish is different for every human. So yeah. um, yep. you know, losing losing 10 pounds for one person can be uh, extremely difficult depending on where they're at, right? So uh, so what inspired you, you to, what inspired you to, to lose 50 pounds? First of all, congratulations. That's remarkable work. What inspired Thank you to you. lose 50 pounds? Well, I mean, I was overweight, so um, I needed to, and I have diabetes, so that's another I need to. So, yeah. yeah. Has has the diabetes become uh, more manageable now with uh, shedding the fifty pounds? 
Um, yeah, it's my my diabetes has been fairly manageable anyway. But yeah. uh, you know, you you don't want to carry around too much weight when you're, yeah, especially if you're diabetic. What's your uh, What's the biggest benefit that you notice today um, uh, after fifty pounds loss? Um, I get to wear some of my skinny clothes that I've been hoping to fit in for like twenty years. And how does that does, it, does that feel good? Right? Do you do you look at oh, you yeah. like oh, yeah, do you stand awesome. there and you're like I am a sexy bitch right now. <laughs> I, can wear these. I actually have jeans that have like almost a bell bottom. Oh, nice! They're that old, and wow. I can fit them now. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful story, Yvonne. So, have you have you done the potato test? Do the you know what that is? Test? No. Yeah. So I learned this from a friend of mine that was part of their project about losing weight. And so if you ever want to remind yourself or if you ever feel like you're losing track of, you know, of your new progress and all the things that you're doing, mm-hmm. go to the grocery store and you don't, for you, 50 pounds, that would be a lot. But if you went and you grabbed 10 pound bags of potatoes, one mm-hmm. in each hand, walk up and down every aisle of the store. Now, of course, during COVID, you better follow those arrows, mm-hmm. but walk up and down to the other end of the store and back again, carrying that 20 pounds of potatoes, one in each hand before you buy your groceries. And just remind yourself, that's only 20 pounds. And that's how it feels to carry 20 pounds around just for a wow. few minutes. That's that's a, an, an, a a weird thing to do, but that is incredibly interesting. Yeah. Well, if you ever lose your way, maybe it's something that, that feels good. So what did you do? What was your biggest thing that you did to lose 50 pounds, Yvonne? I eat with a very small fork. Really? Yep. So Slow I eat down. a lot less of pretty much everything. I'm a, I eat everything I like, um, you know, but I just don't eat near enough or near as much. Um, oh. If I go out, I always bring containers with me to take home the majority of my food because I'm not going to eat what they put on a plate because yeah. I can't eat that much anymore. Wow, that's amazing. I'd never thought of that. And I'm like that too. When it's something, it's one of my favorites and it tastes so good. I'm like, get in my mouth, right? Yep. Like I can't, oh, it's so good. Yeah, so good I use there. a small, really small dessert fork. It's really tiny. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it means I'm eating small little bites at a time. And so I might, instead of eating one big bite, I'm eating that bite in five bites. And that means that I've had five bites and the more bites you take, the more full you get. Have you noticed like smaller dishes helps too? Did you ever get to that place? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I use the same dishes I used to use. They're just not as piled high. Nice, Yvonne. Thank you for sharing your story. It's wonderful. Congratulations on your hard work. Thank you. A year since COVID started. What are you proud of, Trucker Brian's driving? What are you proud of, Brian? Hey, how you doing, Shane? Good, brother. Thanks for the call. Oh, well, I, there's a few things I've been proud of uh, because, uh, you know, unfortunately, I used to deliver a lot of dog food to pit bull rescues, but I can't do that anymore because of the COVID. So we moved our direction to fundraising and uh, probably raised about $2,500 for different pit bull rescues in the United States this year. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Um wow. The other thing, we're doing a lot more meet and greets. We're meeting a lot of people on the road. And, of course, we're giving them our, our, our painted rocks. And speaking of those, I probably painted about 300 of them. So, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what we've been doing the last 15 cool. months. 
I like yeah. that. Now, Trucker Brian, you share that you guys have started those painted rocks and sharing them out there and, and doing all those things, plus your love, uh, love affair for the pities. So um, it's kind of neat when you look at it that, you know, a year ago, these are all things you probably would never have done, hey? No, actually, I never saw myself painting rocks. I got a D in art in high school, and I was not an artist by any stretch of the imagination. And now I'm whipping stuff out and, uh, that uh, people are just really quite enjoying uh, what I'm, I'm painting. And I'm just astounding myself that I paint these things. I paint a lot of caricatures and cartoons and whatnot on rocks. Eh? Yeah. So, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that until you actually try it, you guess you never really know, hey? Well, it's practice. Every time you you know you do you do it. I mean, I look at one of the first rocks I painted a year ago, and it's like, what was I thinking compared to now? And I mean, now I'm painting like eighteen to twenty rocks in two days. You know, nice. so I love it. Thanks very much for the call, Brian. Appreciate it, brother. You're welcome, bud. Take care, trucker Brian. Driving on the road. It's the Shift Podcast. Uh, here we are. Let's get started and uh, get Matt singing, please. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan O'Donnell. Ooh, foul mouth Ryan. <laughs> you don't want to know what that stands for. Well, we had a lot of swearing on the show tonight already, so. Ouch. One guy makes yeah, we one hit our mistake. Quota. <laughs> we hit our Forgets quota. one F. One guy argues about pineapple, and they make a whole show out of it, so there you go. That's true. Ooh. Still the tea there. Two, two guys were wrong in the conversation, <laughs> and the whole audience was right, so. <laughs> Okay. There you go. All right. Hey, this is going to be a pineapple free in case you missed it. Good. Uh, We got some stuff we want to talk about. Uh, One of my favorite shows is back. Just kidding. It's gone again, but it was worth it. Let's check it out. Great, you guys. I'm going home. Ah, South Park. I love South Park. It's the show I never could watch as a kid. Uh, my parents made a good decision on that one, but since you know, becoming a teenager and then watching that show and rewatching it as an adult, man, it, it holds up so well. It's so well done, and it's technically season twenty-four now. How they have been doing it is instead of you know ten, twenty episodes, it's only been two forty-five-minute specials. The first was the pandemic special, and recently released was the vaccine special uh the whole thing was about the frenzy to get vaccines and while it was definitely american centric you could relate to the desire to get back to normal it was portrayed so well in the episode they tackled vaccines pandemic depression friendships and also conspiracy theorists they had like the whole QAnon shaman was in the episode like drawn and uh butters and all half of the kids become uh, Q-tips, which are like toddler versions of QAnon supporters, and South Park changed their name on Twitter to <laughs> South Park with That's a Q. That's funny. Oh, I'm sorry. It was That's funny. Yeah. No, it was oh, brilliant. This is there's a part in the episode where Butters is running around with an American flag as they're like fighting over vaccines. It's amazing. So here's a little clip with some of the moments. Six feet apart, please. Come on out and do something about it, Dan. Why don't you come say that to my face? Yeah, can I come say it to your face? I can say it to your face. No, no, no. Get all the vaccines you can and bring them here to school. You do that, you just might get your teacher back. Better watch your backs in school tomorrow. Yeah. We are essential workers. He's offering us 2000 bucks for a vaccination. Well, I just wanted to believe in something that would get me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, though it was uh, 45 minutes. It highlighted the complex journey of the people of South Park trying to get the vaccine. Uh, and, and there's like jokes of the elderly being the town's VIPs, all of them getting drunk at bars and everybody getting sad because Walgreens is like a party center because that's where all the old people are getting vaccines. Um, everybody trying to dress up like essential workers to jump the line. Uh, it was really good. It wasn't as, I would say, funny as the first one, but the first one was more like a ridiculous South Park episode. This one was more of like a serious, smart look at the whole pandemic as it is right now. I found it very topical and how they tackled the Trump thing because they turned Mr. Garrison into their representation of Trump was also very well done. And all of the QAnon jokes were ridiculously meta and super funny so check it out you can watch it for free online it's uh it's it was great and if you're a fan of south park you will not be disappointed and it also sets up like i don't know the end of south park as a whole like it's a really weird ending that was quite interesting i have no idea where they're going to take it from here but i'm excited to see what matt parker and uh trace don't do with this because uh or did I get the NAS names mixed up there? Just uh, flip those around there. I did, yeah. I always do that. Anyway, they do amazing work. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a horrible interview for a job? Like, have you ever done horrible in one, or have you just felt uncomfortable in one? Yeah, I always feel uncomfortable in them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like I do my best, but I just sometimes I just get real sweaty and nervous yep i um i've been on the other end i've been in terrible interviews <laughs> where it's really terrible for them and not yeah. terrible for me yeah <laughs> i uh i actually quite enjoy interviews i don't know it's it's just something i it's kind of like a neat challenge i i like to pose it for myself um but so i've i've only really had one interview where i walked out of it and went yeah that wasn't great uh but can you imagine being someone who does that on purpose? Because it's a thing, and it's on TikTok. Do they make it weird on purpose? Oh, yep. Sorry, hit the thing. Let's check. Yeah, let's check it out. Good morning. I'm Ryan O'Donnell with today's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok breakdown. I get really okay, excited so this there. Sorry, I like, totally ruined yeah. it. <laughs> no, it's all good. This is gonna. You are gonna get ready to cringe, my friends. I need to make a little sounder that I can play every time I have a cringe alert because, oh my word, this guy's name is Two Upri, and his tagline is literally the CEO of Zoom trolling. So what he does is he signs up for interviews for jobs and then turns it into a funny video by purposely being bad. Now, I'm not sure if I agree with the practice of this because you're kind of wasting the, well, you are wasting the employer's time and all that but honestly with the pandemic i i you know i need a little cheer up every now and then and as long as nobody's getting hurt and the people can laugh about it which while watching all of these tiktoks most of them the people are laughing with him and actually i should rephrase that at him now this one went mega viral it's at 15 million views right now and he is interviewing for a position which is not made like you don't know what he's interviewing for but you can see the woman interviewing him and what is he doing well he's going to the drive through at Popeyes while interviewing a job and oh, ordering food at the same time and man oh man is it hard to watch so here you go um I 
don't recommend you drive while we do this. Oh no, I'm not. I'm 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 parked up now. Thanks, you know, Chef. Okay. My name is Diane Coffee, and I'm from Tacoma today. <laughs> May I have a fish sandwich, please? No, 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 no. Okay. Are you available to work weekends? Oh uh, yes. Sandwich. Uh, fish sandwich, please. Saturday and Sunday. Anything else? Uh, just one fish sandwich. That'll be all. Four eighty, please. Around. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Saturday and Sunday is perfect. You know, I can see you. I know you're ordering food, but on this interview. No, no, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I just. I'm parked up. I'm. I'm in my car right now. I can see that you're ordering a fish sandwich at McDonald's while you're doing this interview with me. No, no, I'm not ordering anything. If I was, I'd be at Popeyes. Cause, but I'm, I heard you ask for a fish sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you should check out his stuff there is some very well done pranks here uh this is an example of a prank that i'm okay with now something i'm on the fence about is this thing that shane sent me and it's like it's kind of cool but it's also the whitest thing i may have ever seen in my life do you know when you see a white person doing something in a video and you just think, man, why? It's not horrible. It's just kind of cringy. Mm -hmm. Got it. This is it. This is a this is a whatever you like by T.I. This is a country cover of it. So this guy's name is Cooper Legend. Shane sent me this. And uh, he's the the tagline in this TikTok is these things sound good to my country peeps asking questions hashtag shorts hashtag remix. It's um I don't know you be the judge but it's definitely a different version than a Ti song. Okay, make Ti country. Yeah. You know what to do. Cash on cassette, Jack Daniels on ice, skinny dipping down in the moonlight, chicken little country fries. Yeah, you can have whatever you like. Lay out a blanket, watch the stars all night. I gas up this old Chevy for your little wine and some candlelight. Yeah, we can go wherever you like. Here we go. Anytime you want to cast a line with my zip code. God, the, the pontoon line and his second he said Chevy truck. I was like, yeah, now this well, is country. It's snow old in town a, road, but you know. In all fairness, mm -hmm. he is actually a fantastic singer. Uh, there are no, some he of the is. clips. I listened to some of his stuff. Yeah, it's good. I, I got um, I got the idea from your saxophone on songs the saxophone shouldn't be on, and then I found mm -hmm. that, and I thought this guy, like he, we, we're going to use him again because he is actually a fantastic singer, country singer. Clearly, got a little girl in his country singing stuff. Uh, but the reality is, is that it's, uh, it's uh, painfully white, painfully bad. Yeah. Yep. That too. Uh, now I have, I, I I'm going to move on cause I have to mention this because I am so excited. And if any of my fellow nineties kids are listening right now, you will probably too, because Hasbro is bringing back a set of, old school transformers i'm not talking optimus prime i'm talking optimus primal okay 
because these are old school. Beast Wars! Megatron! Terrorize! Ah! Optimus! Maximize! Oh, yeah. Beast Wars. That was the first Transformers show I ever watched. It was the first all-CG Transformers TV show. Or not not the first. I think it was the second. Uh, but it was really weird CGI where they land on a prehistoric Earth and they transform into dinosaurs and animals. And it's actually, like, aside from the animation looking horrible to today's standards, it's actually a really good TV show. Hasbro's bringing back four of the original toys in the exact same way they were made in the 90s. I'm very happy to see this. I am buying all of them. Actually, no, three, because I have one from the 90s already uh, that I've still held on to all these years. And uh, I can still remember watching that show. Uh, One time I cut my lip open playing baseball, and I watched Beast Wars and had a Wendy's Frosty to console me through that. So... Nice job, Hasbro. How Thank you, you for that. I was playing baseball. We won the tournament, and then I ran up the bleachers and fell, and my teeth went through my lip. Is it that sucked. when your athletic career ended? My dad almost passed ended, out. Or? Pretty really? much, yep. That's exactly when it yep. ended. Yep. And then I became Drama Kid. It's, it was great. It's been drama um, Kid with sneakers and Lego. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.